1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Little Gold Men, the podcast that demonstrates emphatically that award season is a year-round affair. And we are now headed right into award season. I keep saying this, but it's right, right around we're, the corner. We're almost there, right, Richard? Yep. And in fact, we're starting to get to the place where we can talk about things that happen in award season. But first, I got to introduce everybody. I'm Mike Hogan, digital director of Vanity Fair. I'm here with our film critic Richard Lawson. Hello. And skyping in from the Bay Area, our senior writer Joanna Robinson.
0: Hello, good morning.
1: Good morning. So, like I was saying, it's almost award season. The awards-y things are starting to happen. I went to a Peggy Siegel screening <gasps> last night. Oh, it boy. felt very awards-esque. She was telling me the movies that she hasn't seen and the movies that she has seen. She's, oh. She has not seen La La Land and she's fired up to see it. Okay. She hasn't seen Warren's movie. She's f- fired up to see Warren's movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I bet, yeah, that seems up her alley, certainly. She has seen Loving and thought it was quite good. Okay. Oh, oh, great! So I got that was my little you know.
2: I'm going to I'll I'll have something to report next week. I'm going to a Peggy Siegel event in the Hamptons.
1: Oh, I'm um, going to that too. Oh, are we you? We can talk about it. Oh, we can okay. dish
2: about it next week. Yeah, the okay. Snowden thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm taking a train out. And a train back the same day. I think I'm taking like a midnight train or something back to the
0: Hamptons.
2: Yeah, yeah. Will
0: you please compose a ballad about your midnight train ride to the Hamptons?
1: Oh yeah, or at
2: least some sort of sad <laughs> Tumblr post. I
1: mean, well, yeah. next issue is going to. I mean, I mean, the next uh, episode is going to be the musical episode in honor of La La Land. <laughs> right, right, exactly. And Richard will sing his entire review of Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> so goodbye, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well. Uh, <clears throat> okay. So uh, much to talk about today. We're going to talk about um, the box office, which is sending some interesting signals. Mm-hmm. The success of Sausage Party. Yeah, that how about that? Surprised everybody. Not the most Oscar y thing in the abstract. But you got to think Sausage Party is the Lego movie of 2016-17 and and will be nominated for Best Animated. Don't you think? I mean, it's getting great reviews. Yeah. Yeah, I think the one thing that could hamper it right now is
2: there was a report that came out on a kind of not... I I had never heard of it, but it's a site, I think, that's about kind of animation and animated movies and the culture of animators. Um, And they had a report that... The Sausage Party had prided itself on a pretty low budget, but that came at a cost to the studio in Vancouver that made the movie. The animators that made it, apparently, the working conditions were not great, and a lot of kind of people spoke on background, kind of anonymously, um, about their negative experiences there. And actually, a childhood family friend who I've known since he was two years old was one of those people. I don't know if he's one of the people who spoke to. Um. The the, uh, the website Called about for
0: cartoon brew is the yeah website. cartoon brew.
2: Thank you. Um. And he said it
1: was pretty accurate. Really? Yeah. Vancouver sweatshop conditions for <laughs> for animators. Yeah. To keep to keep the budget Party. down
0: controversy. I saw this movie at South by Southwest as a work in progress and I absolutely hated it. I'd say it's the worst movie <laughs> I saw all year, um, I think. But I, I, to be fair, I saw it as a work in progress, so maybe they miraculously made it better. But it's just not I wouldn't consider myself a pro-clutcher, but it's not my kind of humor at all. A lot of people think it's really edgy. I just think it's uh, stoner racial humor, which just doesn't work for me. But that being said, um, it's doing well at the box office, but it's not doing like Lego movie numbers, right? It's- no.
1: Well, yeah. it's they were expecting 34 million for the weekend. I don't know what the final number was, but I mean, they, I this was the the a- estimate mid weekend versus what the actual expectation was, which was less. I think and they the were big,
2: expecting going into it about 20 to 25, and it did right. about 10 to 15 more than that. So, yeah. Um, and the
0: big news is that it beat uh, one of Disney's features, *Pete's Dragon*, which I found completely delightful. Um, but it, with all the marketing of Disney behind it, Sausage Party, the scrappy R-rated film um, beat it at the box office.
1: So I mean, I have to say, it's a it's quite an advertisement for weed, right? Because, I mean, if you just look at... <laughs> In case we needed if, one. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you look at the movie, it's very obvious what happened here. It was like, dude, yeah. imagine what like a sausage thinks. You know, right. like, like what do right. we look like to like a hot dog that I'm eating right now because I'm really stoned. <laughs> right. And then and then you kind of got to admire Seth Rogen for like having the follow through. Sure. You're like now yeah. I'm going to spend, you know, three weeks writing a screenplay. Yeah. Based on my stoned thought or whoever it is that he he's like, you guys write this and I'll look at it and well, get my uh, name credit, whatever it is. He followed I mean, through in high the- talk, which never happens. <laughs>
0: I think that's completely true. I mean, I think that he and and his longtime collaborator, Evan Goldberg, uh, got high and wrote a lot of this together. But what was interesting at South by Southwest, and I've heard this is true of other screenings as well, is that he usually starts the screening by apologizing for what people are about to see. Like, I think he very much feels like this is a dumb inside joke that he thought was funny and he can't believe anyone let him make a movie out of it. And he can't believe people are seeing it. And now he can't believe it's making money and he can't believe it's getting good reviews. So that that isolated from the piece of art itself is kind of charming um, very endearing I, it's hard still not still to like seth yeah. rogan i love uh, seth rogan yeah yeah yeah
1: and
2: uh okay oh fair and enough it's All apparently right. an indictment of sort of organized religion is that right joanna did, did that come through with the south by southwest screening or was it still was that had not, not like formed yet in the movie
0: I mean, there's a Jewish bagel and like (laughs) Middle Eastern lavash, and they have a friendship, and it's just I don't know. There's there's like a Native American stereotype, a Twinkie, a literal Twinkie stereotype, like you know any single thing you could think of, food pun related to a racial stereotype or sexual stereotype, it's there, and a lot of people seem to find this edgy and hilarious, and I just think it's not funny. And
1: well, Ail Scott was. Flicking at that, in, in addition to presenting it as basically like something out of Camus, you know, A.O. Scott yeah. also was flicking at the idea that, yeah, you could take it that there are a bunch of very kind of thudding racial stereotypes, or you could say that they are critiquing modern food packaging advertisement oh. stereotypes or okay. whatever. Like, I what? think they have a le- uh, supposedly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, not <laughs> buying lakes or something? <laughs> not yeah. buying this.
0: I mean, yeah, exactly. There's like a Native American stereotype of I. Th- it might. I don't think it's little. Like, it's, I think it's a. Uh... Uh, firewater which is like whiskey it's firewater whiskey oh, anyway okay. point being i hope you guys see it so that you can let me know whether or
1: not i'm wrong see it before talking anymore well, about this movie no
0: no 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 i'm just curious genuinely cuz there have been some very like i feel it's a very polarized movie there are some people who see a lot of intelligence in it a lot of layers in it and then there's the, the smaller critical crowd like me, who just think it's the worst thing. That did I've you ever
1: remember did. to smoke weed before you watched it? This might I be the forgot, problem that you ran into. Guys, that might be the issue you're dealing with here. <laughs> you were at South by Southwest, <laughs> yeah, about all. to
2: see Sausage <laughs> that Party. That goes without and you saying. Forgot Joanna. to get stoned. At <laughs> that at least be drunk. <laughs> yeah.
1: Next year, guys. Next, Next year. year. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they do that? Uh, because it makes them stronger. Hunger's insatiable, buddy. I mean, fuck.
0: How do you know all this? We the non perishables, motherfucker.
1: Little Gold Men is our Twitter, which is going to be newly active now that word season is really kicking in. And uh, yesterday we put out a call to folks to say, What do you want us to talk about? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things that a Twitter user named Infamy Infamy said. So Ooh. get ready. Was you guys got to pay attention to Annette Bening? She's four new films due, including a Checkoff adaptation, Rules Don't Apply, and playing Gloria Graham. Oh, does anyone know anything about this? Um, I I know about 20th Century Women in the in Warren Beatty
2: movie. <laughs> I don't know about being Gloria Graham. Is it being what did it? What was it called? And she's playing Gloria oh. Graham. Oh, oh, she's playing. Okay, um, that's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, you know, Annette Bening has long been one of those also ran kind of Glenn Closey characters and Annette Benning has the kind of particular distinction of having lost her two best chances of winning an Oscar to Hilary Swank both times. Ah, yes. Um, Which is a point of some contention Mm -hmm. among the Oscar uh, fan set. Uh, I have often come down on a the, ben- the pro Benning side, and I guess that would make me an anti Swank person. But as someone else has said, like, do you really think that Benning should have won for being Julia? And it's like, well, I don't, know. <laughs> I don't I know. Kind of actually. do.
0: I mean, I'm not. I don't consider myself an anti Swankite, but I really loved her and being Julia so much. So I don't
1: know. Well, this time she'll yeah. play an Academy Award winner, Gloria Graham, who won for The Bad and the Beautiful. So maybe. I don't know, has anyone ever won an Oscar for playing an Oscar winner? Kate Blanchett did. Yeah. For, for the aviator. Right. Yeah.
2: And there've been a couple I think there's like a, that's like a weird statistic. There are like a couple more, but I know Kate Blanchett definitely did. But it's it's
1: rare. right certainly rare but it can be done yeah it's been demonstrated
2: but i yeah i hear that the 20th century women in terms of benning's you know big fall i hear that that's really good we talked about it last week so i'm excited to see that at new york film festival um and yeah i would be rooting for a a benning run you know kind of like Mm -hmm. julianne moore had a couple years ago where she had been nominated a bunch of times and never won and finally it was like here it is even if it's a small movie like like still alice was I'm I'm into it I it's, would, time. It's, it's time it's time it's time let's yeah, yeah,
1: honor I, was, I love that's my favorite kind yeah, of Oscar yeah.
2: uh, campaign it's, it's great. time it just it really makes you feel like the, the weight of Oscar history right <laughs> yeah.
0: there's also this Um. you know Who the other person who's gonna have a big I don't know fall to winter is Rachel Weiss, right doesn't she have she's like four I just keep seeing Rachel Weisz previews so I saw a complete unknown denial the light between the oceans and the mercy all slated to come out before the end of the year yeah and most of them seem like big scenery chewing performances for Rachel Vice. So
1: I'm interested to see what happens to her. Her big her big problem here is that she can't use the it's time because she already got one. She already got one in two thousand six. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it was time. Yeah.
0: It was time. She'll then. have to come
1: up with a different slogan. And people kinda of forget that she has when people kind of
2: forget that movie The Constant Gardener. When we were I, when I was watching the Olympics and uh, opening ceremony in Rio, I said to my friends, Well, this is directed by Fernando Morales, who directed The Constant Gardener. And they said, What? And I said, You know, when Rachel Vice won the Oscar when she was pregnant and no one had it. I mean, and these are people what? who normally pay right. attention to this stuff yeah so so maybe it is time for people to remember that Rachel it's Weiss time has an Oscar <laughs> to remember yeah. that Rachel Weiss has an Oscar yeah 10 years ago the Constant Gardener yeah I mean it's a great movie Man. and she's great in it um but yeah I think Joanna um denial for me seems like the most likely for her because I um Light Between Oceans is coming out in a couple of weeks it's kind of opening in that weird Labor Day slot that doesn't often mean good things about the movie um I'm seeing it next week or this week um So I'll have more to report on that. But I know Katie, uh, who's on maternity leave, she saw it months ago. Katie
1: Rich, our other
2: host. com's deputy editor. Uh, She saw it and sort of had some lukewarm feelings about it. So... I um, mean, I
0: feel like she's definitely going to be overshadowed by the real life love story between, this is the movie that Alicia Vikander and Michael Fassbender fell in love uh, while shooting it. So uh, she's in a supporting role anyway. I have read the book, so I know at least that, but I think she's going to be overshadowed slightly by that romance yeah. unfolding between uh, these two uh, big stars. A
2: romance that is somewhat explained on the in the cover story of Vanity Fair's current <gasps> issue, the style
1: issue, which has Alicia Vikander on the cover. Beautiful cross
0: yeah. promotion. Beautiful. Hint,
1: hint. hint, you know. hint. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the champion of the world, Meryl Streep, mm. just came into the conversation with Florence Foster Jenkins, which yeah. opened last Friday. Yeah, had a nice opening weekend. Six million plus, I, according to Google, it's almost at ten million now. My mom saw office. it. So your mom saw it. Yep. Uh, <laughs> people love Meryl Streep. I me mean, too. is this is this like? Is she going to come back for a? 15 Pete or whatever it is? Well, I wrote something on
2: the site last week about Meryl Streep and August movies. I think this is now her fourth kind of big August release in you know the past decade or something she's kind of found this slot you know yeah. with Julie and Julia and Hope Springs and this and so I don't know I think it, it worked What for is it ju- about August that people just want to go see a Meryl Streep movie? I think people are tired of the big spectaculars the yes. big yes. blow em ups and they want something else but it has to be kind of glossy and exciting enough so you need to have like a Meryl Streep there you right. know they've tried it with other people Julia Roberts had Eat Pray Love in the same slot The Help yeah. was in the same slot That kind of early August August yeah. and that did very well so there is actually an Oscar precedent here right um, and I mean, I, she's like yeah. the
1: Marvel of that's exactly movies right. for adults <laughs> <Yeah>. who <laughs> are sick of yeah. superhero movies yeah right exactly. she's like the giant brand Meryl right. Streep Meryl Marvel there's something the, the,
2: the Meryl Streep cinematic universe yes yes <laughs> <laughs>
1: so what do you think here possibility could I think definite
2: possibility I think that she's been nominated for lesser stuff you know I think everything Mm -hmm. she does is great for sure but like you know they've given her the nod for stuff that isn't as kind of impressive as her performance in, in Jenkins' is, and I also I hope that Hugh Grant holds on to a little bit of momentum because I think he's great in that movie for yeah. a supporting nomination even yes. though he's kind of the lead
1: I could really see you know, a big it's time campaign for it, Hugh it, Grant.
2: and he's look he's been on a very charming <laughs> it's pr- time he's been on a very charming press tour he was yeah. very candid on James Corden he yes. did a great bit um, back in May when the movie opened in the UK on
1: Graham Norton like he's just been kind of gone for a while so yeah. it's fun well, to he have really him puts back and, Seth Rogen to shame too I mean he's just like I'm a t- terrible actor. I don't know why I'm here. Like, kill me. (laughs) Just drag me Uh, outside and
2: shoot me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this dashing, talented Brit who's just like, oh, acting is just something I fell
1: into. It's like, yeah. I don't know why anyone puts up with me being (laughs) on screen. Yeah. And Uh, he
0: won't, he won't have any sort of potential Bridget Jones baby, Distraction because he he decided to opt out from the third Bridget Jones film. That's right. So if he's if he's on a prestige track, he won't have this other more commercial film sort of pulling focus in any way.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I guess that could help or hurt. I mean, it keeps you anything that keeps you in the mix in some ways is good. But on the other hand, yeah, if it's sort of like a tacky movie that doesn't work, then that'll be good not to be associated. Right. you, you, You one does not want an orbit. (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> One stumbles into a Norbit. Yes, yes, but, yes. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. Uh, did Norbit
0: come out when Dreamgirls
2: came out? It came out uh, in the winter after the nominations had come out. And uh. the theory was that that movie ruined Eddie Murphy's chances yeah. of winning. And then they were like, uh. let's go for Arkin instead. And then that they thought that was going to happen with uh, Eddie Redmayne with Jupiter Ascending, um, that it was going to ruin his theory of everything win. It did not. So the no. Norbit theory does not actually...
1: Have the Norbit the Norbit theory? Yeah. Okay, okay, that's a new one for me. I didn't realize. It oh yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, the the Unified Norbit theory. The, the Norbit like effect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: I'm so excited.
1: We're going to make a recording. <laughs> Bravo. it was wonderful, Bunny. Can I try another take. Well, I don't see why that seemed perfect to me. Meanwhile, I chose to go see Indignation at the theater mm. uh, this weekend, and the first thing I noticed is that there were like. 25 people at the Landmark Sunshine on Houston on a hot Sunday afternoon waiting to get into a theater. It was an indignation. So I said to the ticket person, I was like, what are all these people waiting for? Captain Fantastic. Which uh, makes me think that that movie has heat. Oh yeah, let's talk about Indignation first.
2: And Joanna, you had a, a similar experience with a line at a theater, right? With that movie, right?
0: Well, yeah, I actually saw both Captain Fantastic and Indignation this weekend. And did you pay for a,
1: both of them, or did you just sneak from one theater to another? We, you, you're a known offender in that re- re- regard. <laughs> I paid
0: for all my movies this oh, weekend. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Pete's Dragon as well. They all got my money. Indignation. There was a line around the block for, and that's crazy. What? Yeah, the theater that I've never seen a line. That's the
2: Lawson effect. That's the qu- my yeah. quote
1: in the trailer. I- That's I'm what convinced. it is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the theater was packed. It was a Saturday early evening showing.
1: Wait, wait, where this should- was in San Francisco. This is
0: actually north of San Francisco in Marin County. In Marin Uh,
1: County. Why? Is Logan Lerman from that town or something?
0: It's the, where the theater is largely older and uh, intellectual crowd. It's Ah. not, it's playing in limited release. Yeah. So um, I think this is one of the very few theaters that anyone in the Bay Area could actually see it. So it might be that people came from far and wide to see it.
2: Mike, you haven't Uh, heard about that commune that Philip Roth founded in Marin County? (laughs) (laughs) It's always a big story.
1: Um, wow.
0: but yeah I know it was a packed theater for indignation actually a packed theater for Captain Fantastic but that was in a different town that's sort of full of back to landers who might like Captain Fantastic. Who, who, who emerged from
2: the forest to see this yes. one movie. Yes. And then. They, there was sure, like 16,
1: 18 children in tow. Yes, you they, know? Took,
0: they took the bus to mm-hmm. the movie theater and all unloaded, yeah. Okay. But anyway, Indignation, that was crazy to me. I had no idea that there was going to be a massive line for it.
1: It was yeah. something to see. That's great to hear because I was feeling like here is a very good movie, but I am in a two-thirds full theater yeah. that's only one of the three yeah. theaters you can see it in New York on its opening weekend. So I was worried about it. Yeah, you know, and and I thought that people were repelled by Richard's quote on the poster was my theory. <laughs> oh boy, yeah.
2: Well, it can go one of two ways, really. Um,
0: the last effect cuts the other way. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: So I saw that movie back in Sundance, and I and I did like it, and you know, gave it a nice review, and it stuck with me, I think. But it, it sort of snuck up on me at the festival. I hadn't really, it wasn't really on my radar because it didn't feel very Sundancey. It's a period piece based yeah. on a Philip Roth novel about very sort of solid sort of religion and you know, authority and stuff like that. Um, but it, so it caught me off guard, which I liked. What did you did you guys
1: like the movie? Joanna you first.
0: Oh, yes. I did. It felt such a weird August release. We were just talking about this, but does this not feel like a fall film? Just a typical fall film. I yeah. don't know if it's because it's like a college, you know, going to college kind of film. But uh, it felt like the wrong time of year to be watching it. But it did. It I I was very compelled by it. Mm-hmm. It felt very theatrical to me, even though I know it's based on a novel. There's just a lot of two people talking to each other in a room sort of scenes that you get often with a stage adaptation. But I really loved. The performances. It didn't like light my hair on fire, but I think it yeah. is one of those movies that is just going to stick with you. Especially a centerpiece scene in the in the middle of the film between Logan Lerman and um, Tracy Tracy Letts. Letts. Exactly. Tracy right. That yeah.
1: scene is worth the price of admission. I think yeah. it's just an incredible. Uh, and totally theatrical, you're 100% right, um, you know, two-hander. What do you call that? Four-hander? Is that a two-hander? That's a two-hander, hander? Yeah. two-hander yeah. 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 There are four hands in the room, but it isn't. It's <laughs> yeah, a four-hander. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Anyway, two-hander. Um, and Logan Lerman, Richard's quote on the poster is actually totally accurate. It's like a here-he-is type yeah. of moment, which we'll come back to. Yeah. Uh, and I love Tracy Letts. I love the fact mm-hmm. that Tracy Letts and Sam Shepard Two of our greatest playwrights are also like Jeez. the guys when you need, like, kind of a dickish old guy yeah. for your TV There's show. Such or good movie. actors. Yes. Yeah. It's, 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 un, it's right. a little unfair, actually. I it mean, is like, unfair. Oh, come on. <laughs> Share the wealth. Yeah. And then Sarah Gaden. <laughs> I, I, Gaden, uh, Gatton. Gatton, 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 I think. Gaden, I think. Yeah, she's pretty good. I mm-hmm. feel like she, she's kind of like a that girl to me. Like yeah. I spent a lot of the movie being like, "Where have I seen her before?" And then I looked at her credits, and I was like, "I could have been in a lot of these movies, but I don't really remember where she stood out." But she yeah. kind of she had a moment too in this film where you think, "All right, we're going to see more of her." I yeah, know. it feels like that.
2: And and the interesting thing also about Native Nation and it was directed um, by James Shamus, uh, yes, who was for a long time the head of Focus Features, um, and really. S- Uh, at the time when that company was producing some really amazing movies and focus has changed a little bit since he left but um, so he was on the executive side and now he's becoming a filmmaker
1: well and this is interesting too because I saw Natalie Portman's directorial debut last night which happens to be a focus world release okay I think and in both cases they're coming from different sides of the business right Natalie obviously an actress uh, James Sheamus, an executive but coming in for that first feature where you you assume that this is the kind of thing that's been, like, gestating for a long time, like, when I finally get my chance to make my movie. (laughs) And what I think is interesting about them is they're both super dark, Mm -hmm. and they both completely ignore everything in that screenwriting book, How to Write uh, Movies for Fun and Profit. (laughs) Right. All those, like, iron rules that you're supposed to follow, these movies just don't follow. They're both very novelistic. Um, And on the one hand, it's sort of makes them... More of a slog than your average really fast paced movie about a person who has a goal and achieves it after a little bit of hardship. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the other hand, it's kind of cool to see different kinds of storytelling on screen, and it definitely kind of gets under your skin in a weird way more than like that standard narrative thing. That's my yeah. perhaps mean, stretch I mean, connection between those two films.
0: The film that it reminded me the most of, weirdly, uh, was Cider House Rules. And I don't know if it's a yeah. sort of like a plaid fall uh <laughs> sexual repression morality tale or whatever mm-hmm. but it did it just did what center house rules did in a much more subtle i thought uh way I don't know, Cider House Rules just sort of banged on and on, and, you know, it was such an Oscar darling, but it has not really weathered time very well, I think. Um, but I think this has the possibility of being a slow burner that really stays with people. Yeah, so.
2: yeah I think an interesting thing about Indignation, uh, you know, as opposed to Cider House Rules, or as opposed to a lot of coming of age in the 1950s, you know, you know right. sort of sweetly nostalgic movies... Is that indignation is not it's not sweet at all. There is no. really very little sweetness no. to it. It has a bleak ending. Uh, it's it's kind of a, it's a depressing movie, and it's about really complex kind of difficult, hard things, and about. Handjobs, hand yeah, handjobs. <laughs>
1: Let's just—is <make, laughs> yeah. it Philip Roth? Uh, well, right, yeah. The, the, after there, all. there is a, a Rothian element. Is a lot of kisses and handjobs are in there. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Um,
2: so yeah, yeah, and it's you know it's about sexual politics in a, in a very interesting way. So I, I like that about it. That you'd start and you're like, okay, so we're going to have this kind of like doo-wop music and this kid learning how to like right. be a, a young man, you know, and it's not that at all. And, no. then, and then you have that amazing centerpiece
1: scene. Would it be terrible if I confess that I also related to the kid? I was like the 90s Catholic version of that arrogant kid who thought that he was like, you know, smarter than everybody. I think a lot of men <clears throat> who uh, will see that movie will feel the same yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And probably women too. So. Like being a jerk to the dean and all that stuff. I mean, that was yeah. what was so fascinating and complex about the Tracy Letts characters. On the one hand, he's kind of a villain. and On the other hand, he's totally right. His critique of this kid is accurate. Right, yeah.
0: Well, you're on both sides of that conversation, I think, yes. which is what makes it so compelling. And I will say, without spoiling um, the film that's based on a novel that's been out for a little while, uh, <laughs> that that my theater actually gasped at the ending, even though it's telegraphed. early. anyway, point yeah. being, okay. they were very shocked by how the film ended. And I wonder if that, if conversation around that, will help it sort of spread at the box office that people go to a dinner party and say like oh my god I said Indignation you will not believe the ending you have to go see it for yourself or something like that do you know
2: and I think in that vein Joanna I could see Indignation in terms of voting do really well on screeners yeah like talked about the age of certain Academy voters although that that they're trying to change then they're trying to make it more diverse this year which which will be an exciting kind of um, we'll have to kind of realign how we imagine this process works but yeah I could see that movie like older people in wherever Picking that up And and really being into that
1: Well At the risk of stereotyping The demographic Is close to the demographic Of the Oscar voting The traditional Oscar voting Body Yes So There's probably a lot of Oscar voters who will relate To the film I see by your transcript That you're a remarkably Gifted student First in your family Ever to attend college Scholarship from your Temple but under religious preference, I see you didn't write Jewish, though you are of Jewish extraction. I'm wondering why that is. I don't prefer to practice one religion over another.
2: Praying to me is preposterous. Is it now?
1: So breakout performances, Richard, you are on the poster basically identifying Logan Lerman as a, a breakout a performance. A star-making performance, I believe, is a uh, phrase. What, and sorry to keep bringing that up, but I do think it's amusing. And it's also a um, nice segue to our next You can bring it up whenever you want, okay, <laughs> uh, Which is to talk about some of the breakout performances we've seen in the first half-plus yeah. of this year. Because there's going to be a bunch coming up, So, we should, but we should look back and, yeah. and see what Before we've seen. Before we so get completely overwhelmed by Telluride Toronto New York Film Festival award season, yeah. Uh, who are some people who have jumped out to you, Joanna? Do you want to Do you want to start?
0: Well, I guess I kind of wanted to make a distinction for us between like the Logan Lerman breakout, which uh, we talked about off air. I sort of see as the right people. You're talking about the Oscar voters seeing indignation and seeing opportunity for Logan Lerman, like having seen that kid in a bunch of YAA adaptations and the Great Three Ten to Yuma. I never thought I would see him sort of curly haired uh, with extra pounds on him sweating and quoting bertrand russell like i never thought i'd see that from logan lerman right so he just announced himself as a different option you know like i know you've seen me do this other thing but look i can do this too so there's that kind of low-key announcement and then there's a bigger more obvious announcement like kate mckinnon ghostbusters kate mckinnon who for people who didn't watch saturday night live now is much more of a household name so those two sort of distinctions, I guess, is what yeah, I would She
1: would have been on my list, actually, Kate, just b- b- because it's that thing of like seeing somebody through a new, yeah. with new eyes. What
2: do you think right. that Kate McKinnon gets next? I mean, do you think that they try to make her the lead of a movie? Do you think she gets a TV series? I mean, I'm just kind of curious about where where people are going to put her.
0: Well, I think Saturday Night Live has promoted the two writers who work closely with her over the last few years to yeah. head writers. And I don't think that's coincidence. So I think Saturday Night Live is, is angling very hard to keep her there and keep her happy because she is now their star. So I don't think she's going to get a TV series soon. They're going to make it hard for her to leave soon. Um, uh, The next thing we see her in is Christmas Office Party, I believe, in like a terrible uh, bit performance, it looks like. It looks like an Uh, SNL
2: character that she's just Yeah, yeah, she just
0: wears bad Christmas sweaters, and like that's her character. But uh, I do think that... Post Ghostbusters heat, we are going to see her trying to lead a movie. And I'm very curious what that's going to look like because she's so funky and offbeat.
1: Is there a character from SNL that she could build a movie around? I can't think of one.
2: No, No, she does those desk bits. I mean, that's I I think the desk bits are really her, like, big thing. And that's just, like, those kind of one-offs, like the Russian lady or whatever, you know, they're not going to make that movie. But that's why I ask, because she's such a character role in Ghostbusters that I don't know if you could move that to the center of a movie, you know? Right. Uh, But I think
0: people are going to try. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not going to (laughs) work.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe there's she'll
0: make be something for her. It's Give her not... a chance.
1: Joanna. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I know what you mean. I, I mean, you
2: mean, there are the tiers of SNL movies that, you know, there's Wayne's World up here, but that there's also like a movie like Hot Rod with Andy Sandberg, which is this weird little movie that I love. So maybe she'll make one of the weird little ones and, and then people will have a little cult following and that'll be that.
0: I would want one of the like lesbian cat shelter owner character that's like a end of night sketch that she does that's super weird Uh,
2: (laughs) and none of the the, the guest stars ever really seem
1: to quite get it the hosts they're just like okay I'm just gonna play along well you got me thinking about Adam Sandler now right who on the one hand was like the weird guy uh, with bit roles at SNL mm-hmm. on the other hand for a while was able to be sort of endearing to, enough to carry Billy Madison which I find to be a great movie Yeah, and uh, Happy Gilmore before becoming maybe a caricature of himself um, but the question is does she, does she have the endearing does she do endearing do you mm-hmm. know what I mean yeah. that, that's the one thing like you can be weird as yeah. long as you're sort of charming and endearing and I don't know that- well she had that nice scene at the end of Ghostbusters where her character kind of like
2: Talks about friendship and female friendship and stuff like that, and it, it, the the sort of weird veneer kind of cracks open, and you see yes. a little bit of humanity. So and that's a nice tease of, of maybe what's to come. Yeah, you know, um, I would hope so. So I think that's a great choice to me, and I think that she's probably one of the biggest pops of the year so far. Should I go? Yeah. Well, so I would stress, Lerman, um, I think that, uh, you know, for a young actor to go toe-to-toe with a Pulitzer-winning playwright and Tony-winning actor uh, mm-hmm. in that long scene, I think that's... And, and, to, and to really hold his own, I think, is is great. So that's exciting for him. He's been kind of percolating for a while. And he just followed me on Twitter. So... Hello, oh, Logan, Here we go.
1: Um, this is like... <laughs> this, this is just like, Richard's I gonna, read about Donald like, Trump. If yeah. you pet Donald Trump, he'll follow you home. We, <laughs> we gotta re- be careful, yeah. Richard, uh, about that. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, Payola. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, suddenly, th- hundreds of
2: actors follow <laughs> Richard yeah. today. Yeah. So I had two, and one of them, you know, I think has been talked about a bunch, so I'll just mention quickly is Alden Ehrenreich, uh, who was in yeah. uh, Hail Caesar and has been around for a little while, but I think his biggest role before hail caesar was in beautiful creatures a kind of ya witch movie that i don't think the sort of film snobs who confer great actor status on people were really seeing but they all saw hail caesar and i think they've all agreed that he is a charming kid and he's going to be han solo now well, he's han so, solo so i think that was a big breakout of early yes 2016 and call. even earlier than that um is anya taylor joy who is the star of the witch um mm, that had yeah. been at sundance in 2015 20- 14, 15, um, who is great. Did I in-
0: just see her in,
2: you saw her in maybe in a trailer for the new M night Shyamalan movie. Yes. That's what I saw. Yeah, her so with brown hair. Yeah. yeah. So that's her big next thing coming up. And, um, you know, she just really, again, about someone holding their own, holding the center of a big kind of intense movie. I mean, the witch, you know, that's, that's a lot for a first time. I think that was her first film. Um, and I interviewed her at Sundance in 2015 and I kind of went in being like, oh, she's going to be this kind of nervous kid and, you know, it'll be an easy interview. I, no, she was to the manner born. I mean, she really had it all already figured out. And so I think that she's got the, uh, the kind of fire in her eyes and I think that people are into her. So I think Anya Taylor-Joy, even though that movie came out, you know, eight months ago at this point is still one of the kind of bigger breakouts of the year.
1: Can I do a TV one? Of course, David Harbor from uh, Stranger mm. Things.
0: David Harbor, yeah. who's been yeah. like such a that guy for yeah. so long, yeah. long. Yeah. and now and his, he is in fact a that guy in Suicide Squad. Yeah, he was great in Stranger Things,
1: and probably one or more of the kids too in that.
0: I think Millie, uh, Millie. the actress, yeah, the young actress. I think uh, definitely
1: Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, and then another question is who, if anybody, from everybody wants some. Right? Because Days of Confuse oh. was, I mean, a launching pad for a lot of people, yeah. uh, mainly Matthew McConaughey, yeah. but also Ben Affleck and so on. I, Glenn Powell in that movie is Glenn like Powell. trying to be Matthew McConaughey but I don't yeah. know I mean he definitely stands out the guy who I actually like the most in it I don't know if he'll ever make another movie is Temple Baker the kind of like dumb guy oh, the dumb yeah. guy yeah. in the frat he's, yeah. he's my favorite person in the movie he's, he's wasn't the one he that,
0: like an A24 like intern or something yeah they like, like plucked
1: him out of obscurity <laughs> and were like you want to
0: yeah.
2: be in this
1: movie and he was like yeah sure he should great. have his own franchise yeah. I, think.
0: I love Glenn Powell Tyler Hoechlin of course is now Superman for the CW so you okay. know continuing yeah. his yeah. Teen Wolf trajectory
2: I would say yeah. that Blake Jenner who's the lead um, if he keeps making movies in baseball pants I mean I'll keep seeing him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest, there you go. Yep. So, uh, but no, I think Glenn Powell. I think the Glenn combination Powell. of everybody wants some, and um, he's great on Scream Queens. He's, I mean, a show that is right. much maligned, and I think is well worth watching. Actually, um, he's a standout on that show.
1: He's kind of doing a similar shtick, but he's oh, but
0: without the mustache,
1: without the sans without mustache. The mustache, yeah, right. And then I think that in five or seven years, maybe um, Jaden Lieberher, the kid from Midnight Special, will be the next. Logan Lerman, all oh yeah. Aaron Wright. That
2: kid's been in I, some
1: stuff. He was in uh, Saint Vincent, right? Too. He was that. He
2: was the kid to Bill Murray. Oh yeah, right. yeah. Yes. So he's been in some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah.
0: I feel like he's going to be the next Asya Butterfield or something like that. Like <laughs> there you go. The, like, you know, in things, but not really. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: he's Burned. a kid for God's <laughs> sake. A Butterfield Burned. Burned. <laughs> Good lord.
0: Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have mercy.
0: Um, <laughs> I think also I found the get down to be very very messy by Lerman's Netflix thing, but yeah. you can't ignore Shmeeke Moore, Justice Smith, and um, Harrison Guardiola. The trio of young actors in that are just really phenomenal triple threats. So
2: yeah, Justice Smith, I I kind of dinged him in my review because I think the the maybe the way the performance is, is written, the the part is written, it's a little bit much. I think, but boy, does he really capture something you know like he's mm-hmm. he's intense and uh you, your eye goes immediately toward him which is i think a part of star quality they so call I think that right. star quality yeah my yeah, mind. yeah. <laughs> he was in a malt shop and i said you kid you got it, <laughs> you got it. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: and yeah i agree with you well i think all the characterization is kind of patchy in that i think when justice smith sort of locks on you cannot take your eyes off of him uh, and then, I guess, on like a much broader sense, kind of way outside the box of the definition, I think the two actors who have gone, who just shot up to the A-list or back up to the A-list, right, would be Margot Robbie and Ryan Reynolds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. ryan like ryan sort of
0: went down and then back up with deadpool and then margot robbie who obviously has been a star on the rise but her harley quinn has just ratchet her to another level so yep, and pretty, i think pretty was-
1: good actually when you look at it this way it's been a good 2016 when you look at it in <laughs> other ways it's been it's the worst been- year in history yeah on every yeah. level and i think yeah.
2: speaking of ryan reynolds i think it was a good year for his wife blake lively because of the shallows yeah, a movie that yeah. I loved and found a fan base and did I'm just looking it up 76 million dollars at the box office nice so good for wow. worldwide so I think that Ryan Reynolds became a movie star again and I think Blake Lively may have just become a movie star for the first time
1: their their plan master plan is working yeah if they would both like to follow me on Twitter I am yeah Oh yeah. just follow Richard <laughs> yeah. on Twitter that's all you gotta do to get compliments <laughs> you know keep them coming this is a free sample yeah, and then... <laughs> yeah. yeah you, you got the first one free it's right. like cl- BMG Music Club or whatever
2: <laughs>
0: hand here. These ghosts can possess the human form.
1: Uh, Okay. So we mentioned earlier the Little Gold Men Twitter account, which it's compulsory to follow if you're listening right now. Please. We beg you. We're begging you. We're begging. Um, Follow that and Richard. uh, (laughs) In that order. For best results. Uh, So we put out the ask yesterday, what old Oscar race should we re-litigate? because this is one of the thing that we do at the end of every episode and we heard from daniel hensel who said 1976 taxi driver all the president's men network all up for best picture none won. i hate rocky that is what he said. <laughs> that is an insane year it's an incredible year i, I mean, mean when they talk about the second golden age of hollywood in the 70s you're like oh yeah they had a point <laughs> like yeah like that all those could be out in one year that's pretty amazing yeah, yeah. so so rocky won All the president's men, bound for glory, the one movie here that hasn't quite—that's the Ace of Butterfield. Time forgot. Yes, yes. Uh, (laughs) Network and Taxi Driver. It is insane that Rocky won this. Yeah, I mean, that's the race. crash, how maybe, the if it's here, here or something. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's funny that we didn't really go back and look at this properly last year when Creed was the kind of feel-good favorite, and people were talking about it and Erwin Winkler was going around doing a kind of second victory lap, or, yeah. and people were talking about, you know, did you realize, do you remember that Rocky won? But holy smokes, how did it beat that field? Yeah. Um, Anyway, I don't know, Richard. Do you want to take a crack at who yeah. maybe should have won, or maybe you think Rocky should?
2: have Well, win? no. I I know that this it was kind of the er boxing movie of its of the modern era, but boy, do I not like boxing movies. I mean, I like Creed. I like I like some of them, but like no, I won't. raging
1: bull? Are you a raging bull? Uh, no, fan? no, no. no
2: I, I'm not. Well, this is so. just your
0: anti swankism coming out again. That's but, right. Yeah. Oh,
2: here we go. God darn okay. it. <laughs> she <laughs> needs to follow you on Twitter. That would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, all are welcome um, you know I recently re- watched all the president's men on a plane because one of the you know the perk of my job is to see a lot of movies but the problem is when I get on a plane I've seen everything that's on the, the little thing yeah but now they're doing older movies so I rewatched all the president's men that's yeah. a good movie yeah um, I still would give it to network because I think that movie is so prescient and weirdly germane to right now yeah. and has been germane to the past 40 years of culture and um, it's 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 agitprop it's kind of it's really over the top it's kind of crazy but i yeah i think that movie for me i watched that when i was maybe 10 or 11 years old and yeah. i've seen it a couple times since and it's it's stuck with me so I'm, I'm gonna say network you're still mad as hell and you're still not gonna take i'll that. take it for i'll take
1: it for a little while i'm not i'm not <laughs> quite i'm not quite there yet. yeah uh joanna what about you
0: okay having never seen bound for glory nor, nor heard of it before we started talking about this, um, I would put my vote behind Taxi Driver. You know, great early Scorsese, great exploration of sort of toxic, entitled masculinity, and De Niro is in in the news this week comparing Trump to his character from Taxi Driver. So I think, you know, as much as Network is relevant, that theme is also something that keeps cropping up, obviously. So, yep, yeah, I would give it to Taxi Driver.
1: Uh, So, before I give you my thrilling uh, answer to this question, Mm -hmm. I did want to mention Bound for Glory is actually an adaptation of Woody Guthrie's autobiography starring David Carradine as Woody Guthrie. Okay, I'm voting for that, actually. I'm sorry. And the (laughs) first movie, well, so this is interesting. This was the year of the Steadicam because Rocky... um, used Steadicam for those boxing scenes. But, right. but according to this Wikipedia entry I'm looking at right now, Bound for Glory was the first motion picture, I'm quoting, in which inventor operator Garrett Brown used his new Steadicam for filming moving scenes. Oh, So maybe Rocky was the second. I had been yes. told this past award season Rocky was the first. so Maybe they mean moving scenes in terms of emotionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, Rocky, right. Rocky
0: yeah. is none of that. <laughs> uh, Bound for Glory also has Mary Kay Place uh, credited as girl in bar. So there you go. I, if you a, want to see Young Mary Kay plays cameo, I guess Bound for Glory is the movie for you.
1: Uh, but you know, I'm glad you said Taxi Driver, Joanna, because I was going to apologize for being like the straight guy who likes Taxi Driver. But uh, Taxi Driver is so good. Yeah, that's, I mean, I just can't. I can't give it to anything else. That's like that's like the Scorsese that I love. That's in my bones. You know, that's the New York that like I'm terrified of and also kind of, sort of wish still existed. Yeah yeah someday a real rain's gonna come the de niro that you love i mean you know what i mean yeah my sister recently watched it for the first time. yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah. my sister just watched it for the first time and she was like oh that's why people like robert de niro and i was like yeah yeah
1: yeah." like 40 years ago he was like the best you know oh my god yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's an incredible film but but really what a sick year i mean i i love rocky too i want to say that i love rocky the movie Rocky as the well,
0: not Rocky. The Rocky number two, <laughs> Rocky
1: three, really was <laughs> the one when I was growing up that uh, you had to watch over and over again on HBO. Well, I think we our work here is done. Yeah. yeah. So thank you to Daniel Hensel at Danny Hensel. Oh yes, good for sharing that. That was a great one. And thank please you. hit us up with other suggestions. We love to be followed almost as much as Richard loves to be followed. Mm. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> 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 well, that about does it for this episode of Little Gold Men. Today's episode was produced by Sam Dingman and edited by Alana Milner. As always, we thank Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply for all that they do. Please review us on iTunes and follow us on iTunes and tell everyone that you meet that they are obliged to do those things as well. And this week's award for the
2: best comment you might make while watching an obscure Olympic sport
1: goes to Mike Hogan. You know, two-hander. What do you call that? Four-hander? Is that a two-hander? That's, a two-hander, yeah. That's a two-hander, yeah. a two-hander.